feel like there's orphans involved, but how many musicals have orphans? Quite a few. Mo- I feel like most. Most, yeah, most good. Ones I would anyway. go out on a limb and wager that a majority <laughs> of musicals have orphans. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Big One Podcast. This is B-Boy. I'm here to talk motorsports with my pals, Baby G and New Guy. Say hi. Hey. What's up, three-man crew? Hey. We're back, baby. Mm. I still hate it's the world, but I hate y'all a little less this week. That's why I'm willing to join. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? That's so sweet. Truly loving opening. Um, yeah. Speaking of loving, come love us. Give us some love on Twitter at Podcast Big One and email us at podcastbigone at gmail.com. I forgot. Did y'all change the Twitter name to X last week when you announced that? We did not. I am rebelling against Elon Musk. It is Twitter until the end of time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I won't allow him to be the cultural vandal that he's trying to be. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can't just go to x.com, I still have to type twitter.com. It's Twitter. Look, I, I didn't like the rename anyway, but then when I heard that that's what he tried to do to PayPal and failed and got ousted sort of because of that, then it made me like think that Elon is just this like butthurt little nerd even more than I already knew he was, you know? Uh, yeah, the X, uh, the X thing's dumb. I have a, a thing on my phone that actually keeps all my app icons consistent for like commonly used apps so that when they do upgrades and stuff they don't change the name or the logo on them it means it helps me find things a lot faster because the colors don't change or whatever um and uh twitter has remained twitter on my phone which is great you lucky son of a bitch yeah it still says x at the top when you open the app but at least trying to get to the app is correct uh, but anyway, uh, we <laughs> talk motorsports. We're going to talk ARCA, Xfinity, Cup, some stuff that happened this weekend in the NASCAR world. Um, might get into a little bit of SRX, F1s in the summer break, IndyCar uh, racing each week, I guess, right now. Um, and then uh, some local track stuff this week. But let's let's dive right in. Do we have a sponsor this week, folks? Uh, if no one else has one, I've got, I've got one. Well, okay. The sponsor this week is a memorial to DJ Casper. Mm. I'm sure everyone who has been to a birthday party, a high school dance, a wedding, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, sporting bat mitzvah. event, anything, has heard the cha-cha slide. And Chicago native DJ Casper passed away uh, within the past few days. RAP DJ Casper. Thanks for all the good grooves. And we'll keep on sliding to the left. Oh, well. Much like NASCAR drivers turn to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, other sponsor uh, besides the in memoriam section. Uh, I'm going to make it uh, the thing that I use basically on every meal that I make. I've realized um, it's the Lao Gan Ma spicy chili crisp. Um, do you all know what I'm talking about? You ever seen one of these jars? Enlighten me. Uh, I'm going to bring the jar over so that y'all can see it. Um, but it is essentially a jar of hot red chili oil. And so a lot of uh, uh, kind of like red chili, fl- Chinese chili flakes in this um, this oil. And it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not that spicy, 
but it just adds so much to every dish you put it on top of, and I put it in everything. Um, super good. I put it on some eggs today and put those eggs on top of a, uh, a homemade pad thai with some leftover steak for lunch. It was great. Mama Mia. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into some race recaps. Uh, we were at ARCA at Michigan. Did anyone get to watch the race? No. Great. Negative. Good stuff. Uh, me neither. I actually just caught the uh, the like the recording of it and then watched the last 10 laps later on the evening on Friday. Um, but Jesse Love wins, which has been kind of the story of the season. Jesse Love uh, going to be someone you're going to be seeing a lot more of. Um, but you know who else you're going to be seeing a lot more of? Let's jump into Muniz Watch. Muniz Watch. Frankie got his first top five. Hey, uh, we did exciting. it. Yep. He's there. He's made it. Um, and then also he tweeted a picture of him in some Ford gear. Um, don't know what that means, but like maybe it means he got a Ford deal, which would be pretty big for him, um, especially in the longevity of his career. Once uh, Ford or Chevy or Toyota really latch on you as a driver, they tend to get you rides, basically. Um, so that could be pretty big. Yeah, I think... Uh yeah, we've all been hoping to see his career continue to take steps, and this is a really big one. Um, hey, and this is the big one. Isn't that this nice? This is the big one. Woo. Wow. So, uh, very thanks for staying on brand, Frankie. <laughs> Keep it up. We'll see you next week in Munez Watch. I mean, I won't. I won't be here. I'll be in <laughs> England. You'll be thinking about him, though. I'll know? be thinking like about we him. we all do. Yeah. I'll be telling people. Um. <laughs> I've been actually that has been one thing that I've told a lot of people about about racing this year is yeah. He's introducing people to the sport through us. Um cool. Uh Baby G, how about you break down Xfinity for us on Saturday? Xfinity at Michigan, stage one winner was Justin Allgaier, your stage two winner, John Hunter Nemechek, and your race winner, also John Hunter Nemechek. Josh Berry started this one on the pole. Michigan is a really, really interesting racetrack. It's got the really wide racing surface, so there's a lot of lanes that you can explore and run, which made this a really interesting race to watch, especially on the restarts. So the Xfinity guys are typically extremely aggressive on the restarts. They're just hot and bothered, ready to get started. They push hard. And immediately on some of these restarts in this race, they fan out three, four. Sometimes the announcers were calling even five wide in kind of the middle of the pack. So I thought this Xfinity race was a really, really fun race to watch. I, I caught most of it actually at a local brewery uh, drinking some beers. I was watching it on my phone, and some guy, a couple bar stools, goes down. He goes, are you watching the race over there? Because they got women's lacrosse on the tv i'm like oh you guys wouldn't mind watching the race over this they go oh any day of the week so we got them to flip it over to nbc started talking racing one of the guys his uncle or something knows a bunch of guys in the racing industry he was pulling up pictures of some of those cars with the big uh fins on them um said they had the number three car actually at one of their family parties one time dale earnhardt's car so i'm like Whoa. these guys are really really into racing and we had a blast like we ended up getting a couple more beers than i planned on just because we were having a good time watching the race what do you guys think of this one very cool um i didn't get a chance to see it i was out hanging out with some friends uh and none of them have any associations with motorsport i think that is the biggest issue that i'm making just sort of like 
generally in my being a motorsport fan is not associating with more, more motorsport people. Stage two, stage two in this thing. So Justin Allgaier goes around getting into the box, and this was pretty controversial. Ty Gibbs basically just drove up underneath him and spun him right into the back. And this is Allgaier who was in contention to win this race. And when you're sitting in your box backwards, that's never a good thing. He ended up having to wait, I want to say a good five to 10 seconds, somewhere in that range and had to spin it around, getting the box going forward. Then they did the four tires and gas. And before you know it, he was way back in the field, kind of out of contention on this thing. So way to go, Ty Gibbs, uh, coming down in the Xfinity like you do most weeks and just taking a guy out of the contention that was looking real, real strong in this race. Yeah, he's able to do the more to, more than the five races that a lot of the other guys are held to because he hasn't completed I think it's two full seasons in uh in Cup yet. So you get to you get to move around a lot more. So you'll have at least two seasons where he gets to still practice, I guess, in Xfinity. One of the things I liked in this one was there was a pretty long green flag run in that third stage. So eight laps to go, a lot of guys did have to come in and make a final stop. Some guys opted for two tires, some opted for just gas. It was really interesting to see the end of this one play out. And at the end of the day, John Hunter Nemechek, like we said, took it home for his team. Someone's got some comments in here about JGR. What's, what's up with JGR in these Xfinity races? Well, at the beginning of stage one, or it was uh, right towards the end of stage one, actually, it was one of the wrecks, but um, they, while they were just wrecking basically through all of stage one and most of stage two, uh, the three JGR cars kind of got together in a chain on a restart and uh, spun and ended Sammy Smith's race. He spun down into Carson Hosevar ending his race. And uh, John Hunter Nemechek, I think, got through pretty much unscathed and Ty Gibbs got spun out. Uh, so, like... Uh, I don't know. It's something weird about John Hunter Nemechek and Sammy Smith specifically. And Nemechek had his comments about uh, about Sammy Smith what two weeks ago or a week ago, um, just just basically saying who needs enemies when you have teammates, which is uh, quite the bar. Should be in a rap song, honestly. Um, and uh, yeah, they just don't get along. And JGR's kind of policy on this because they've had the same policy in Cup for a long time is like we want our guys to be competitive even with each other, but it gets to a point when you're starting to like wreck each other. And I'm not saying that it was on purpose this week, but they're clearly racing each other hard enough that they're wrecking each other. Right? Like you need to tell them like, cut it the fuck out. When you see your teammate, you race him like he's an actual teammate. Um, and, and if he doesn't race you that way, then we'll deal with it the Monday after, you know, there's no reason to go and pay another guy back on the, on the racetrack. That's literally in the same equipment that you're in. So, also, here's the chili crisp. Oh, oh yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, it's really good, super good. Looks delicious. I'll be right Big over for some after this. It. After we're done recording, I'll be over for a little taste. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't Hell take yeah. it like straight to the dome. I'm not take done a that big yet. crack out a spoon. <laughs> take a scoop. I will say I put a lot. Put I put a lot on some stuff, but yeah, okay. super good. Yeah. I've tasted like I've tasted your seasoning level. I imagine. Mm. Imagine you get through those uh, jars pretty quick. Dirty little season boy over there, going yeah. hot and heavy on it. I actually have, yeah, I have three of these jars, different, different, slightly different types, but basically three of these right now. They're so good. Uh, cool. Uh, let's talk cup. New guy, you want to break down cup? I would absolutely love to. Um, stage one with 
gets won by uh, Martin Truex Jr. Let me check my uh, quick little note skis here. 24, Chase, Chase spun. Uh, he hit the wall, and they were out there working on his car in the pit box, but he ended up timing out. Boom, one Hendrick driver out of the race. Stage one ends with Truex, Bubba, and Gibbs. Please, go ahead. I just want to say, Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch also spun out before even that happened. Yeah. And then didn't, was Christopher Bell, oh, that was in stage two. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Did, what caused, I didn't see, what caused Bush to spin out? Him and Blaney got into it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh so boy. actually it was, Kyle Kyle admits that it was his fault. Kyle got in there a little deep, <laughs> as you kind of do, right? You try and pull the other car back to you, try and get a run on them. And then you have to shoot it down on the bottom side of the corner, make it stick, drift up in front of the guy to make the pass. He went to do that. Blaney had a lot of momentum going into the corner on the outside. And so when Kyle came up, he was door to door with them. They did touch and then Kyle spun and backed into the wall. So Damn, dude. For my boy Blaney so uh living so deep in Bush's mind, he blames himself for spinning out. <laughs> Keep it going, Blaney. Keep it going. <laughs> uh stage two. Also won by Martin Truex Jr. He was driving pretty fast out there. Um, let's see. My notes are written so poorly. Oh, the 42 car spun uh, mm -hmm. during a restart in stage two. Look at that. Someone spinning again. Uh, Christopher Bell also spins shortly after. We are officially in Spin City. Uh, we've entered the spin zone. Um, Byron wrecked out as well. Uh, Josh Berry spun. Josh Berry was in the 42. Oh, that, thank you, thank you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gregson got suspended. Ooh, a little drama Spicy teaser. A mm -hmm. um, lot of people spinning out, and that's it pretty much before Red Flag and race gets postponed to Monday. Anything else y'all want to cover pre-Red Flag? Uh, I know. I just think it's interesting that there were that many spins before Sun, like the red flag on on Sunday, but then on Monday we didn't really have that that yeah. aggression, you know. So or I guess the aggression was still there. They were just a little bit safer or something. You imagine how much more they'd be spending if they kept on driving after it rained. Yeah, it, it was. I think what was weird to me was like, okay, you know, when a storm's coming in, um, or you have storms in the area, it cools down a lot, right? Like it's a cool, cooler air temp and everything. That means the track was probably cooler too. There's no sun on the track means you had more grip than you would on a hot track right why were they spinning so much then and then not hey man, on monday i've driven i've driven that track in uh i racing and it's pretty hard so you know i've given them the a reason break. for most of the spins was i think because of the air pressure on the tires was so aggressive i believe just about all of them if not all of them were due to the left rear going oh. down so it was something with Air pressure on the tires is what the announcers were saying on that. So it was either left rear or right rear. One of the I two. I know they it were saying like, that two right rears went down. And they also mentioned something about how, like, they yeah, they reminded me. I had totally forgotten how many tires were going down last year and how much that has not been a problem as much this year. Yeah, the right rears Sorry, went right. down on Chase, and I think, was it Byron was the other one? But yes, everyone else yeah. was like an actual like Christopher Bell and, and Kyle Bush's were very similar in the way that the guy on the outside basically sucked the other car around. 
Um, nice. Then, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get close to each other, basically there's a there's a vacuum that creates. You have this air bubble that's between the two cars as the air is getting pushed around the noses, and it's kind of keeping the cars from hitting each other. Once you push through that bubble, it creates an actual vacuum between the two cars, really sucking the the inside car into the outside car. Um, and especially if you have the guy kind of like at your, your, um, maybe like halfway down your car, it's going to actually pack a little bit of air from your diffuser back into the right rear of the bottom car. And that's going to yank that back right rear around like a parachute. And that happened both to Kyle Bush and to Christopher Bell, um, and just totally took them out. But like, it's a weird weaponizing of of aerodynamics um something we used to see ricky stenhouse do i remember we were down to daytona and (laughs) ricky did it twice in the um qualifying race uh in the same race he did it twice he He got right on someone's yeah he got right on someone's back shoved air under him watched him wreck and was like i didn't know that was gonna happen does that happen again (laughs) yeah he did it twice (laughs) like two more times yeah so it was so funny (laughs) it was so funny so, yeah, red flag. We start again on Monday with 38 laps to go in stage two. Uh, Truex pits at lap 108, then drives through the entire field to win stage two. Suarez, Wallace, and Bowman get some good stage points. Hey, and that's about all that Bowman's going to be getting that's good because stage three comes around and he crashes. Mm. Dang, dude. R.I.P. Hendrick. That's three Hendrick drivers out. Uh, Kyle Larson's hopes are, uh, well, all of Hendrick's re- hopes are resting on Kyle Larson's shoulders mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. Anything y'all want to say about stage three before we get to the, the, the end here, the win here? We got to talk about Tyler Reddick and that issue where they couldn't get the tire off the car. That was Almost a minute-long pit stop. Just absolutely disastrous. Took him right out of contention of this thing. Well, so they he had a right rear going down and had to pit anyway. So he was already – he's done at that point. Then they got the tire off. They couldn't get the new tire on. They couldn't – well, for whatever reason, something must have stripped uh, with the tire going down. Something must have stripped on the actual, like, wheel because they couldn't get the new tires, like, the new tire – lug threaded onto the wheel and get it actually put onto the car um and that's what it took them the whole minute or whatever but yeah still uh that team and just having a good car car capable winning and then either tyler or the team throwing it away or just mechanical issues has been kept them from like i i mean it extended back to last year i mean tyler had a lot of races that he could have won last year too and they've definitely thrown away like eight different wins in the past two years we mentioned the race winner, Chris Boucher, but this was an absolutely epic battle with 12 laps to go all the way to the finish between Martin Truex and Chris Boucher. They, man, this was good racing. Unfortunately, it's one of those where you're just pushing so much air at this track and with this package that it can be extremely hard to pass. But this was a really, really good battle between Boucher and Truex in this one. Yeah, there's nothing wrong, different than what we saw here than what we used to see in the like late 90s, early 2000s with these cars, right? The leader had clean air. When you got to him, you could potentially get to him, but you probably couldn't get by him. 
that was basically what this is, but there's a lot more air warfare going on. Um, and, and Busher was trying to keep him back there. To Truex's credit, his car was good enough that he got all the way to Busher and almost got and made a pass twice, uh, which was pretty good. Or maybe it's to Busher's credit because he's the one that stayed ahead. But, um, yeah, Chris Busher fending him off on a Monday. It was Martin's Monday, and Busher still beat him. So Wow. Amazing. But it was going to be one of those races. Look at it. Look at it. Huh? Truex won both stages. It was going to be another one of those Truex dominates the race kind of races. Good job, mm. Busher. Well done. Busher just pulling it out. Just straight back up to back. It out these past two weeks. Well, this happened last I love year. To see it. It's awesome. If, you, if y'all don't remember, Harvick went from not really, I mean, like being a Harvick, you know, still finishing well, but not really being a competitor for wins. And then he won at Richmond and he won at Michigan. Back to back weeks. You did the same thing. Dang, dude. Um, yeah, Dang. Some, something about Michigan and Fords, too. I don't think a, a Ford has lost a Michigan race since, like, 2017, I think, since Larson won there. Um, NASCAR's so. rigged, man, I'm telling you. really is. really, really is. That's why all those tires were going down. Ford had snipers up in the mm-hmm. bleachers. Oh, they were just taking those things course. out with lasers or something. Yeah, that I think sense. I saw that in Ford v. Ferrari, some, some of that stuff. The ghost uh, of Henry coming back, <laughs> slashing tires. <laughs> Henry the second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first Henry just uh, built industrial lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tries to start micro nations. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty cool. Good race. Anything else y'all want to say about it? How did y'all feel about it overall? That's what I would like to know. That's what I'm going to ask you right now. I thought it was good. I thought it was really competitive yeah. and really good. I thought the Sunday racing was really, really good. Um, yeah. It didn't return again with the same level of intensity on on Monday, but it was still pretty good. I liked it. It was a good race to watch, especially like B-Boy said, first 100 laps or so of Sunday was extremely aggressive. It's like I mentioned, this wide track, really, really fun to watch. A lot of, a lot of things going on all through the field. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you, baby G. It's like B-Boy said, dang, that's good car racing. <laughs> um I yeah, I thought it I just like this track. They go so fast, they get so wide. Frankie Mina says this is the first time he drove over 200 miles an hour. Aww. And I know that he wasn't in the cup race, but he will be one day, and I'm glad that he got to get that experience. Well, the Arca cars drive uh if he drove over 200, he was driving faster than the cup cars were, so tight. Maybe he wasn't going 200. Maybe I was going to say that's a lot. That. Yeah. Um, but I did see him say that he was driving. He was like, "Man, these cars are going fast." So it might I might have put the two hundred in his mouth. Yeah, I, that was definitely the fastest track I think that they were went to on that Arca schedule. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting. Uh, speaking of other podcasts, uh, that Denny Hamlin's podcast came out on Sunday afternoon or or evening. I mean, oh yeah. Um, did y'all did y'all get to listen to that? Uh-uh. I did, I did. Yeah, it was interesting because it was only 30 minutes and like a good 25% of it's ads now, which sucks. Um, totally ad-free over here. The only thing we try and hawk is uh, memoriams and, and spicy chili crisps. So, um, But uh, yeah, it was mostly ads. But besides that, I thought it was interesting that the two cars that he called out that were fast were Martin Truex Jr. and Chris Buescher, and they were the two that competed for the win. Uh, so. I think uh, Dang, it's, it's really easy to tell. I think when you're when you're a driver, who's who's better yeah. than you. 
Denny we can take this offline, but you just gave me a great idea for a new app. It's something that can download your podcast for you and then figure out when the tone of voice or inflection of voice changes, and then it'll auto-fast-forward through the ads for you. It can kind of pre, pre-screen the podcast and just not download slash delete your ads within <sighs> podcasts. I think that's Dude, the next big thing out there. I want that so bad for YouTube TV. If I could rewatch races and nfl games and just skip through all the ads oh my god my life would be so much better also just the software engineer in me needs to correct the design strategy here come up with the problem and let us come up with the solutions is all i gotta say but uh wow much better off instead of trying to do the wow. very complicated engineering task of figuring out when the commercials are have someone crowdsource that information and say the commercial is here, the commercial's here, commercial's here. And I have an extension like that for YouTube, and it's real nice. Very cool. It's very nice. Highly recommend. Makes I sense. don't remember the name of it. Sorry, listeners. But if you go out there and search YouTube Chrome extension, skip YouTube ads, please. Free Chrome extension Wait. in Google. You're on Google Fi. You, you don't have YouTube Premium? Yeah, they gave that to me for free, so... You should check it out. Okay. I, uh, yeah, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> well, no, not those ads. I'm talking about mid-roll ads. I'm talking about oh, in-video. Yes. It skips uh, over like in-video sponsor cool. ads. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll send you the link to it. Like hooking ones telling me about It's pants. pretty nice. Yeah. Right. Um, That's right. That's the race. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we go into some storylines? Why not? Let's talk about storylines that may or may not be happening. Some conflicting reports here surrounding Noah Gregson. Jordan Bianchi is reporting, Noah Gregson and Legacy Motor Club have parted ways and Gregson will not return to the team once his suspension is lifted. About two hours later, Jim Uter is reporting Legacy Motor Clubs confirms it has not parted ways with driver Noah Gregson, contrary to reports. So Noah Gregson currently serving a two-week suspension, I believe. So he's not with the team right now, not driving. Three weeks. So last week was the first one where Josh Berry took over the 42. We got two more weeks of Noah Gregson being suspended and conflicting reports, whether this is permanent or temporary what are you guys hearing on this one yeah so the reason i said three or i put the three up is that it's at least three because we know there's replacement drivers for the next two races um it's an indefinite suspension though and the two things to talk about here is that uh, noah has been suspended first by the team and then second by nascar nascar when they do these suspensions like they did with larson like they've done what they did with hamlin you are required to go take a step away and go and do a sensitivity training, things like that. Uh, and then they will reinstate you. And then it's up to the team whether or not they want to reinstate you. And so like Legacy Motor Club, this this was a, a rumor from before um, uh, any of this even happened. Uh, but basically Legacy Motor Club, uh, uh, the rumor was that they were going to probably be dropping Gragson anyway. And as part of their move to Toyota, I think Toyota would rather bring in another driver, maybe a John Hunter Nemechek, um, to drive uh, one of those these new Toyotas uh, that are moving over. So, um, And Gragson potentially return to Junior Motorsports, potentially uh, you know, uh, find another Chevy ride somewhere. 
Um, who knows? Uh, but, you know, I think there's a number of people kind of monitoring the situation from the aspect of, like, because of the way that this came up and the sensitivity of a liked meme from three years ago or two years ago, I guess, um, kind of coming to fruition, the tinfoil hats are on. Like, was Legacy Motor Club or Toyota the ones that, like, went and found that and used it as, as evidence to put out a story so that the team could put him on indefinite suspension so that they could announce a replacement and not look like the bad guys that only gave a rookie driver one year. Um, one year in a car that was not set up to be competitive this year in a team that was switching to a new sponsor and hasn't been getting any details or help from Chevy for over half the season. Um, like the cards were stacked against Noah from the get go, not excusing his actions by any means. I'm just saying his competitiveness should not have been a factor in whether or not he stayed with the team, but I think it has been. Unfortunate. Noah Gregson got a bad deck of cards. Like you said, legacy has been looking for a way out with him the entire season and it, it sucks, right? Noah Gregson was a guy that I liked in Xfinity. He raced hard. He seemed to race pretty clean. He had some dust-ups this year on pit road, which were interesting. I don't know if that was just frustration with his equipment and his team that boiled over at that point. I, it's almost got to be, but unfortunate his personal actions causing this temporary suspension. It seems like an easy way out for Legacy Motor Club, and I hope Noah can recover from this. Yeah, you'd hate to see the a career destroyed because of it. But I also don't think that would happen because a lot of people were selling pretty high on Noah going in. I thought he was pretty overrated going into the season for what it's worth. Um, but, uh, you know, doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve to find a ride. Um, Legacy Motor Club seemed like a fitting level to be getting into the Cup Series for a guy of his talents. Um, you know, the fact that they're going to Toyota had nothing to do with him. And the fact that Toyota didn't want him probably had nothing to do with him. But then again, what the evidence that they're going to probably use to oust him now is not that surprising given him and his personality. I'm glad he owned up to it and everything, but you know, you, you kind of have to reset those, those personality things. Um, one thing I think is really interesting is go ahead and take a look at, uh, at Kyle Bush this year. Has Kyle Bush been like a whiny little baby? Like he always is. Has he been, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, saying mean things in interviews or anything like that? No, because he lost his major sponsorship. He lost his like clean ride that he had. He had to inherit all the sponsors from RCR. Granted, he's gained a couple sponsors during the season, but it's hard. And he's realizing what every other driver has to realize, which is my personality and my, my ability to be a brand ambassador is what keeps me in a ride almost more than my talent. And in Kyle Busch's case, he's chock full of talent. Gregson's not Kyle Busch. Um, and so he's going to have to like really rehabilitate his, his image to, or, or have a team sponsor him like, uh, Hendrickcars.com sponsors Kyle Larson. So how about that 2024 hall of fame class? We've got Jimmy Johnson, Jack Nouse, Donnie Allison and Janet Guthrie. And this blows my mind that Jimmy Johnson only got 93% of the modern era votes. This, in my opinion, is like LeBron James not being a unanimous inductee into the Hall of Fame when he's eligible. Who are the clowns that did not vote Jimmy Johnson in? Yeah, that's All weird. Right. All right, here's my here's my disclaimer. I'm not saying that I would vote this way, but this is my disclaimer on this because I have voted this way on other things in the past, not that I've been 
major mo- uh, motorsports hall of fame uh, uh voting but um if you know a guy's gonna win and you know that you can vote for your top three which is the way that this ballot works right you could like vote for your your one your two your three it kind of like heisman voting right um you know a guy's gonna win but you really want the second place guy and you want that to make that guy, uh, you know, definitely have a guy sneak into second place or a guy into third place. Use them as your one and two and have the other guy be three, right? He's still going to make it. He's still going to be – Jimmy Johnson is going to be in. But maybe the extra vote, like, helped someone else get in, right? Helped Donnie Allison get in, right? That's my argument is is why not only 93%. Some people think that way. I'm going to go – even further and say Jimmy Johnson is a fraud. All seven were fake. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I'm part of the seven percent. The seven percent is basically every bit of driving <laughs> that he's done since he won his seventh championship. Uh, yeah, they've has, only has, seen what it is. ugly stuff. Yeah, he had ninety three percent of a good career, so let's They've uh, only yeah. seen him driving the same like the time I have. Yeah. Which is <laughs> Not been I've great. never seen him good at it. But, yeah. I think know, he used some of that arrow warfare at the same time as uh, as Ricky Stenhouse in that same race that we were watching, too. Mm. Yeah. That's that's mm. the 7% for sure. Uh, cool. <laughs> we have SVG doing trucks at Indy Raceway Park this weekend. Um, that's pretty sweet. Well, while also doing the road course, obviously. I think this is a really smart move from SVG. You know, like, truck is the classic uh international driver coming in and <laughs> trying out oval for the first time uh series at least we had Kimi Raikkonen doing it um I'm really I'm interested to see how he'll do here you know I think this is a really significant step around his talking about getting into cup full-time um mm-hmm. I mean I think that if he can if he can get a top 10 finish here that would be incredible uh I have no idea where to <laughs> estimate he's going to finish up, but I'm really excited to see how he does. Yeah, he's racing with Nice Motorsports, um, who has fielded Ross Chastain uh, back when Ross was racing trucks, um, and they were competing for championships, honestly, back then. Um, and so, like, there, there is probably a, that relationship came from that. Um, but yeah, I'd have to imagine that like Nice isn't as competitive anymore. This is just a foray into where should SVG fit into the grand scheme of things? Like he definitely wants to do NASCAR. And I noticed y'all talked about this last week, but like, is it actually going to be cup? He said he's coming to NASCAR. He didn't say he's coming to cup. We don't know where he'll end up. Um, It very well could be an Xfinity series where the Xfinity series runs even more road courses than the cup series. Right. So like maybe that's, that makes sense. Um, But you know, maybe he wants to try out trucks. Maybe he's going to really enjoy that. And he wants, he doesn't want to skip that step. I don't know. Um, I'm sure this yeah. is a way for him to explore his options just as much as it is for the teams to see if he can compete in multiple uh, facets of the sport. Yeah, that's a very good point. Cool. Wonderful. Uh, so we jump into uh, silly season news here. Absolutely. Corey LaJoy says he has signed a contract extension with Spire Motorsports for more than a couple of years. From what I understand, that means three years. That's and that's the, really cool. The standard contract, right? It's three years with NASCAR. Um, <laughs> More than a couple, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I was like slightly surprised by this, but also like just where are the opportunities? You know, um, like I don't see where Corey would go. I don't see that like Corey has been 
that overly competitive that he would jump to anything that significantly better. You know, I Corey's in that weird state where like what I actually expected from him was potentially a John Hunter Nemechek move where he dropped down and then like tried to make his way back in, but he's also a lot older. And so he might just be thinking, let me just keep with Spire. We're starting to improve. I don't, I don't see Spire RFKing it right. And starting to win races, but over three years, chances of Corey getting a win with Spire in three years, I put it at 50 50. That could happen. I like the move on a personal level for LaJoy. I mean, he started this season pretty good. I was just taking a peek at the standings here, and he's faded a little bit back to 26. He mm-hmm. was kind of up in the. 18th to 20th for maybe the first 10 weeks of the season looking at top fives top tens only one top five one top ten so he's faded a little bit here as we go got into the summer season but for LaJoy I think it's smart he's got a team that likes him he seems to be building some momentum with sponsorships Celsius being a pretty big one for him Mm -hmm. right now I'm seeing that pop up all over the place especially with the younger people at my workplace I mean they've got good momentum and if they can raise a little more funds and get some more consistency, I could see this team potentially pushing for a win in the next year for sure. Cool. Uh, next silly season news. Martin Truex Jr. Getting rid of those rumors he's done. He's returning to Joe Gibbs racing next year. So I think Martin Truex had had enough of the rumors that he may be retiring. He's still out there dominating. He's coming back another season. Yeah, uh, makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, the way Truex has spoken about it in the past, and we've talked about it on this podcast, is that, like, he's not making the decision based on whether or not they're competitive. But come on, if you're competitive and you're winning races and and you're leading the points series, like, you feel like you maybe can give it another year, you know? Um, Who doesn't want to be at least a two-time champion um, as opposed to just retire with just the one? So one more year, giving it one more year, and then we'll see where – if John Hunter Nemechek is actually going to maybe go and fill a no, fill Noah's spot, then you have to wait and see if Sammy Smith's going to be ready or whoever else is going to move over to to take over Martin Truex's ride. So, like, that might have influenced this too. Maybe this whole thing about Noah being out at Legacy started five weeks ago, and part of that was, okay, JHN moves there. We don't have anyone to now take over Truex's ride. Truex, do you want to stay one more year? Yes. Okay, cool. And all of that happened in four weeks. Yeah. Also takes the pressure off of him of being like, this is my last year and now I got to win. That's going to be nice. Uh, Brad Keselowski is saying he would like to expand RFK racing to three cars, but doesn't see it in 2024. That both both those things sound reasonable. Um, You know, you're doing well. Add on some more cars like the sports only growing, but there's uh, only a limited number of charters. So I can see why, you know. Might, uh, might not be the right time. I always see the future on these things. And so what I can see happening here is either RWR, uh, Rick Roy Racing, is going to improve with the new par- partnership that they have with RFK Racing, that they can be competitive enough. I see, I see them probably selling one charter, if not this season, then next season, um, at which point RFR and RW, RFK, I don't know what the fuck their, their t- uh, title is going to be then. RWRFK Racing, maybe. Um, but they're going to combine, and you're going to see uh, Justin or uh, JJ Haley, Justin Haley, uh, move into an RFK third car, would be my expectation. 
Cool. Any other silly season news? Trackhouse. This is a very minor silly season story. Trackhouse announces that Jockey will remain with the team through 2025. Primary sponsor for select races on both cars. So another we did it, boys. interesting sponsorship from Trackhouse. Had to slide that one in there in storylines this week. Did Did you see the announcement video for it? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's basically Justin Marks sitting in front of Suarez and, and Ross Chastain wearing polos, and he's talking to them and just being like, so we've got Jockey for another year. we really got to step it up. we got to show that we really live the Jockey lifestyle, like something like that. And then they go, you got it, boss, and they stand up at the end is a picture of their butts in Jockey underwear um, and, and jo- track and Justin Marks nice. between them. Yeah, it's well done. That's peak fun. peak That's stuff fun. right there. I'm going to go out and buy some jockey underwear right after this. Hey, it's Sorry, pretty good. Go I got some. They're I the new some. sponsor. I Screw like the it. In memoriam. Yeah. The in jockey the... underwear is the sponsor. Hey, you podcast. need good underwear when you got chili crisp in your life. Don't <laughs> don't get it wrong. Um, but, yeah, the one thing that I wish that they would change here is I hate the paint scheme that is just red, white, and blue. Like the American flag one. I get that you're like an American brand and everything. Do that to Chastain's car. Don't make the only Mexican driver race around in an American flag car. Please stop it. I don't like it. Um, and I, I don't know if Suarez hates it or not, but I think it's dumb. So, What matters is that you hate it. Um, Bush Light going to be doing a wedding during a Kevin Harvick pit stop at Vegas. That's cool. Which one of you guys is a contender in the race here? Because I I'm, saw that you could uh, enter on Twitter. Which one of us is buckling up and getting married? Look, I'm already gonna be there. You'll you don't have to you don't have to push me to do it. Uh, I just have to find someone to do it with me. So I'll get on it. Um, let's let's do it together, me and you. you. Let's go. Let's go. That's it's been announced. That's the new sponsor. Uh, our wedding on whatever day <laughs> that is, October fourteenth. I want to say. Um, yeah, the one thing that I saw about it was that it said uh, in a fifteen minute or fifteen minute fifteen second pit stop, and I went, "Are they going to hold Harvick in the pits while they finish the ceremony?" <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kevo, we got yeah, you locked in. We're for not done. We forgot here. the rings. <laughs> that's that's classic <laughs> wedding style right there. Is like you know you you can't leave the ceremony. You just got to wait till it's over, and sometimes it lasts way longer than you want it to. It'd be very rude, and yeah. he has to make at least a little bit of small talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stick around. Yeah, please. He's got a dance. Cha-cha slide. All right. In Memoriam is back. (laughs) All right. In Memoriam right over to other series. SRX, Thursday Night Thunder. Um, Y'all, what did y'all? Oh, y'all recorded early in the week last week, so you didn't have any of this news from from the week before. Um, But, yeah, we've got our upcoming race, which is at Eldora, so our dirt track race on the schedule. Um, some part-timers racing, Tony Kanaan, Ron Caps, Matt Kenseth, and Austin Dillon Ugh, on the last one. Um, but yes. the Berlin race this past week, Berlin and Michigan, uh, Kyle Busch wins his second uh, race back-to-back, um, two for two in SRX. Keselowski finished second. It was basically them the whole time. It was them in the heat race, and then it was them in the um, – or in one of the heat races, and then it was them in the, the main event the whole time. There was a lot of comers and goers because Berlin chewed through their tires, basically. But uh, Kyle and, and, and uh, Kyle was able to hold off Kez on several late, late race restarts and win his second. So uh, Eldora, Thursday night at – I have no clue what time it would be at for y'all. Is it like seven central? 
Seven, eight, nine, something like that. It's something on ESPN. Like we'll find it. Yeah, easy enough. Easy enough to find. Yeah, go out on a Thursday night. It'll be on the TV at a sports bar. So, cool. Uh, we talked about F1 at the beginning. They're off on their summer break until August 27th. Nothing to talk about there. IndyCar, uh, did you all get to watch Nashville at all? I did. IndyCar on Sunday, Nashville. This was an early one for me. I want to say it was a noon start time, uh, my time. Funniest thing in this one, Will Power was scrambling to make the start of this race. They were Cars were rolling off pit road to go do their warm-up laps, and Will Power was looking for his helmet, looking for his earplugs. He finally found his earplugs, gloves. He's running to his car, trying to put the earplugs in, throwing his helmet on. It was it was bizarre. It was not a certain thing that he was going to get out there and get caught up by the time this thing went green. He ended up getting there in time, though. Very bizarre stuff. Don't know how that happens. Yeah, I would expect them to have that under control. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, all I was going to say um, that... I forget when this happened. I'm trying to look it up right now. It looks like it was 2021. Oh, no, that's different. That's about a race. But Kyle Larson missed uh, the driver intros and then was late to getting in his car, similarly, because he was just hanging out with friends, Uh, (laughs) which I thought was like a very funny reason um, uh, to to have missed uh, uh, driver intros. So he had to start at the back, too, which was... uh, uh, a pretty pretty brutal blow to just not showing up on time but um maybe willpower just has friends that's what he's trying to tell us near, near the end of this race there was a red flag with five laps to go causing a three-car pileup. ended up being the tires were just so worn down and so slippery that it was one of those where you're just trying to break into the braking zone in a left turn one guy didn't make it Hits the tire stack. Two more guys kind of pile up into him. So it took a little bit of time to get that cleaned up. End of this race, Kyle Kirkwood, your race winner, and McLaughlin second in Nashville for the second straight year. So a heartbreaker there for McLaughlin. He he had a good car but could not make a pass on Kirkwood at the end of this thing. Uh, so I didn't get to watch. So they were at Nashville. Like, were they racing that new configuration that they just announced? That's next year. Same right? configuration as last year. Okay. Next year, they will be going to the new config where it's a little bit more downtown instead of just the long straightaway on the bridge. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think I like the old configuration more though, just from the way it looks, kind of thing. The new one just looks like the little dipper. Um, yeah, it's basically a big box downtown yeah. and then two straightaways in a U-turn. I'm like, why would you change that? The current course setup was fantastic. It I looked agree. like it was hell, hard as hell to drive. Yeah, I don't I I don't really get the switch. Uh, maybe they just really needed to redo that that two-lane road that they're going to go down and do the U-turn on, but to your point, and then there's also the pit lane is just in a parking lot. Um very formula E of them uh for that, but whatever. I don't get a say in how they configure these tracks. Um, and that is the biggest shame of all. It is. It is. Um, cool. Uh, well, next up, like you said, IRP, or, or sorry, Indianapolis Road Course, not IRP, um, which is great because it coincides with our NASCAR track. But I guess we were going to go to a local track breakdown with Slinger Speedway with Baby G there. Absolutely. So Sunday, I'm watching the cup race. You can tell rain is moving in. There's no reason to stick around, hang around, wait for this thing to run, and then ultimately go red flag until Monday. So ended up uh, doing a little bit early dinner, running out to Slinger Speedway to catch uh, some racing on a Sunday night. A couple different divisions, your Slinger Bs, 
modifieds main event was super late mod or super late models a 77 lap feature which was a really really fun race to watch a little bit of breakdown in this one so the 23 car vander geest he easily led the first 50 laps of green flag on this one he was lapping some back markers and it looked like it was just going to be a runaway to the win unfortunately caution comes out on lap 50 for a spin Pretty controversial. I ended up actually sitting right by some of the 23 fans and family, and they were so pissed when the flag came out because you could tell they were just jacked up that he was going to win this thing easy if it stayed green. Mm. Unfortunately, races almost never stay green, and you got to win a restart if you want to win a race. And Steve Apel in the 51 gets ahead after the restart, ends up pulling away a little bit, 23 reels him back in, and then lap 76, so white flag. The 23 has look underneath in turn three, ends up backing out, and it looked like he really could have just dumped the guy, put him up the track, and had a win there, but nice, clean, respectful racing for the finish. 51 takes the win. Steve Apel and Vandergeese in a 23 in second. A couple more races after that, you usually got uh, like a 35 and a 25 lap and some, some lower levels after the feature. They actually ran some high school kids, some high school series, and these guys had absolutely no idea what they were doing. Super fun to watch, just literally guys driving off course into the grass. It was a hot mess, but uh, you, overall... You say high school series? Like they were just yeah, high Yeah, it was some weird they... local high school kids. Um, I think you had to be under 18 to be in these races, so it was, it was interesting. I had never seen huh. it before at this uh, track, so it must be some local thing at some of the tracks out here in Wisconsin. So overall, beautiful night at the track. Eat some popcorn, watch some racing. Can't beat it for $20, man. You know, every single high school in America should have auto shop back. And the auto shop, uh, like seniors, should put together a race team to go race at a local track every uh, once a year. That'd be dope. That would be fun, man. One of my big regrets in high school is not taking shop because y- you had shop? I feel like yeah, we had automotive shop as a as an elective, what? and I didn't take it like a big dummy. That's such a Midwestern thing, I feel like. Did you have shop, new guy, at your military school? Um, No. Yeah, I didn't didn't expect it. It was Humvee school. Um, yeah. Or Humvee class. We had yeah, Humvee. man, we had, we had a lot of stuff. We had shop, metals, woodworking. Damn. We had all that shit. I didn't take any of it because I'm an idiot. Yeah, geez, I yeah, I would have taken so many of those. I that was like most of my junior and senior year was I was already ahead on the academic courses, so I just started taking bullshit like a uh, newspaper and yearbook. Um, it was great. Oh, one thing I did want to call it in on this one. So it was Alan <laughs> Kulwicki Memorial Night. So for anyone that doesn't know, Alan Kulwicki was a guy that grew up in uh, the state of Wisconsin in Greenfield. Ended up coming through the local tracks and short tracks at Wisconsin. Made it his way all the way to the Cup Series and actually won a championship. Unfortunately, life cut short in a plane accident, so very unfortunate. But this was the uh, 31st anniversary of the Ellen Coolwicky Memorial Evening at Slinger. So that was pretty cool. They did a, a little memorial for him, and it was also a Hall of Fame induction night. So overall, good energy at the track. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the... Well, the second latest uh, uh, car owner champion, like where he owned his own car, um, but he was not a two-car team. Tony Stewart, Tony Stewart won a championship while he was racing for his own team, um, but Alan Kowicki was the last one before that and won 
in what was a lot of people call the most exciting race in NASCAR's history, the 1991 race in Atlanta for the championship. Jeff Gordon's first race, Richard Petty's last race. A lot of, lot of storylines to that one. We should break that down sometime. That should be a special episode. That so, would be fun. Yeah, I really race. didn't know much about Ellen Kowicki, and that's shame on me, man, someone right from my backyard. But, yeah, like you said, 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup winner 1981 slinger nationals 86 nascar rookie of the year he's in the hall of fame one of nascar's top 75 greatest drivers so i gotta do more research and it'll be fun to put out a little you know 10 minute short special episode on this guy because right from my home home backyard here yeah would have been a very different 90s to have both him and davy allison who died a week apart from each other in separate plane accidents um in the 92 season um would have been a very different 90s to have had both of them around he's also the inventor of the polish victory lap um i actually don't i mean i assume with a name like Kowicki that he was polish but i don't know how polish he was like was he pierogies and boiled cabbage every night polish or or dami bougie uh, come give me kisses kind of polish who knows All right, well, let's jump indeed. into Indianapolis. Uh, new guy, where are we at this weekend besides just Indianapolis? Yeah, uh, we are at Indianapolis, and I'm going to rush through this uh, real quick here because I've still got a little bit of packing to do before my flight out tomorrow. But uh, we are at the Indy Road Course for Xfinity and Cup in Indianapolis Raceway Park for Arca and Truck. Arca is going to... Be, it's Arca East. Uh, they're going to be racing Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern for the Reese's 200. Truck is going to be racing Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern for the T-Sport 200. Stages are 60, 60, and then 80 laps. Xfinity, Saturday at 3.50 p.m. for the Pennzoil 150. 20 laps, 20 laps, and 22 laps. And then Cup will be racing on Sunday at 2.30 Eastern for... Maybe the mo the least unhinged race name of the year, the Verizon 200. 15 laps, 20 laps, 47 laps. You know what's funny was I, I got on uh, a betting app that I use, and I saw, like normally I go to motorsports, I see the F1 races on there, and the IndyCar races are on there most of the time. But I saw Verizon 200, and my brain just went, that's the IndyCar race. Right, like that it seems can't like be, it is. Yeah, because yeah, that's like that's normally one of yeah. their sponsors. Verizon's not super big in NASCAR ever since Sprint, obviously. Um, so yeah, and it was interesting. I did not know that that was the NASCAR race. That's why I didn't click on it. So nice, cool. Previous winners: twenty twenty one AJ Allmendinger. I was uh, I was at that race. That's my fun fact about um, <laughs> the Indy Road Course. Who won uh, last year? Cool. Anything? What's that? Who won last year? You have 2021. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember either. I don't remember. Was, was it? Was it? Uh, Tyler Reddick. He won two road courses last year. I'm trying to remember. Um, Indy's the crazy one where they they funnel down into that turn to one, and everyone kept wrecking. I think it was Reddick over Chastain. Chastain shot the gap. Remember, he didn't he didn't make the corner. He just went anyway, and he passed Ch- Ross or he passed Tyler Cindric. Reddick. Yeah, and then Reck, Reddick had to get back to it. So that's that's right. Because uh, oh, I was yeah, freaking yeah. out. I was really mad because uh, I was like, Ross should be disqualified. Why is he still racing? Um, anyway. Nice. Cool. Uh, all right. Thanks for changing the live notes. Um, Smart and hard picks. Let's break it down. Let me pull it up over here. 
got this in. Uh, thanks for getting my picks in last week, fellas. Um, not that they did any good for me, but last week, B-Boy picked uh, Kyle Bush, rip, and Bubba Wallace, sort of rip, throw to 37th and 18th place, average of 27.5. New guy, you had Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick for 8th and uh, 30th rip. Um, and then Baby G extending his lead with a Kyle Larson and Bra- uh, Brad Keselowski picks of 5th and 4th for an average of 4.5. That means our leader is still BBG with an average of 12.17, B-Boy with an average of 14.2, and New Guy with an average of 15.33, bringing up the rear. New Guy, you get to pick first, but before we do this, I want to propose a rule change that it goes into effect in three more weeks. All right. What I'm thinking is, for the final 10 races of the year, you can't pick the same driver twice. Wow, that's going to be at all over the testing my knowledge of these next 10 tracks. So, the only extension, the thing that I'll also give is that you can pick the top 16 as your smart pick, and then anyone that's not in the playoffs can be your heart pick. So, once a guy drops out of the playoffs, like the playoffs cut line gets moved up, you can then pick one of those drivers as your heart pick. This is a throwback to B-Boy Ben's The Rules. I bend the rules all the time. I'm just trying to make things interesting. You're kind of running away with this, Baby G, so I'm trying to make it uh, so that the picks get a little bit harder. Stop Damn, the count. dropping these changes live on us. I mean, it's high pressure. I think we should just do it. I think it's fun. 20, 20 drivers out of the 36 that race every week. I'm not sure I fully understand the rules, but it seems like you really want to do this so we can do it. Yeah, There's no money Let's on this. Let's lock in. Anyway. Let's do it. It'll be fun. I like the other ones. Yeah. So kind of like the playoffs for our picks. Love yeah. It. So when we get to Darlington, exactly. When we get to Darlington, you'll be able to pick for your smart pick, anyone in the playoffs and anyone not in the playoffs has to be your heart pick. But then after three races, there will still be 12 drivers to pick from for the smart pick, but I'll wait for more new ones that can be your heart pick basically. So, cool. All right. Well, let's pick Indianapolis. New guy, you're up first. Who you got? Um, Indianapolis. I'm going to pick Kyle Larson. All right. Locking it in the old five car. All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, MTJ. It's been a while since I picked him. Give me Denny Hamlin. Hmm. The old ham bone. All right. New guy. Heart pick. Pick with your heart. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. Hmm. All right. Well, that gives me a very easy pick. I'm going with Shane Van Gisbergen. Ooh. Nice. I forgot about that. Damn it. (laughs) Outside of top 10 here, let's see, let's see, let's see. Give me Tyler Reddick. It's been a while since I've been able to pick him. I think I'm going to grab him this week. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, he won last year, so it's a good pick. Uh, as long as he doesn't uh, have a tire fall off or, you know, a uh, bird hits his car or something dumb, uh, which will probably happen anyway. So cool, cool. All right, that locks him in. We'll tell you how the results go, and I think that brings us right into rapid fire. All right, who's got our first question? 
Um, I can start this off. If you are Chris Busher, do you try to leverage these two wins to try to uh, move to a stronger team? Or do you think that you take these two wins and say, hey, I've got success right here? That's a really good question. Baby G, you got to answer? I am sticking with RFK if I'm Chris Boucher because this team right now has good momentum. Seems to be well enough funded to put race-winning cars on the track. Seems like Ford is picking it up a little bit now, second half of the season, so maybe Ford's getting more focused on their end as a manufacturer as well if I'm Boucher. I'm riding the wave with RFK because it seems like this is a team that's on the upswing and they could really become one of those powerhouse teams, especially if they do get that third car in a couple of years. I'm riding it out with RFK. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. I am not, I'm not moving at all. Uh, Busher's waited a long time to be part of a good team, and he's an example of someone that's stuck stuck with the team after him and him and uh, Stenhouse actually switched rides at one point. This was like five years ago, I want to say. Um, but they... The, they drove each other's cars and then in one off season they went to each other's rides um and it looked like stenhouse was the one that was going to benefit the most from it being with the chevy team and being with jdg doherty and everything um and rfk was on it wasn't rfk at the time it was just roush roush fenway racing but they were on the downswing big time kind of stabilized a little bit not in a good way it stabilized in the 20s uh, but since brad's gotten there they're way better they're making partnerships maybe with rwr who isn't considered a good team but partnerships have been proven to be beneficial regardless of who they're with and yeah ford seems to kind of be i don't know maybe giving their support a little bit better to all of their teams instead of just to penske it's kind of hurt penske in a way but it's really paid dividends with the the upswing on the rfk side so yeah i'm not moving if i'm chris busher i mean where are you going to move to anyway maybe stewart Haas, yeah. but like, no, i think it makes downswing. sense to stay Cool. All right. Who's next? I can go. If Which Hall of Fame driver would benefit most from the current generation car? Dale Earnhardt. I'm going to say, and maybe this is uh, <laughs> too easy, Dale Earnhardt it's, Sr. I, honestly, I think it is, though. Like, like Dale Earnhardt Sr., yeah, I, that's still who I'm going to pick because it's it's yeah. he's super aggressive. He knew Arrow better than anyone else he was driving against at the time. He was, I mean, go back and watch his clips. Like th- these are things like concepts that have obviously kind of been around for a while, but not a lot of people used to do it. Side drafting, uh, pulling a guy back at their fender, um, breaking a draft, uh, snaking down the the straightaway to keep a guy from getting in your draft. Like those are things that. Earnhardt was doing where other guys were just like I don't see it like I don't see that being beneficial I see it being aggressive and dumb and he was winning all of the super speedway races because of it because of how many of the races are sort of like that now yeah I think he would do incredibly well um outside of him he would basically be a Chastain that's taken more seriously (laughs) yeah yeah no exactly a Chastain that purposefully wrecks people doesn't just accidentally yeah um oh a Denny Hamlin I guess is the best way to put it um honestly like 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 I, I might catch flack if anyone ever listens to our podcast and hears this but like I actually think the best comparison for Dale Earnhardt right now is Denny Hamlin I don't know that's in that's in the sport and racing right now I think that's the best comparison so 
Is that because Denny's getting more aggressive right now, like we talked about a few episodes ago, or just the way he drives in general? He's always been aggressive. He's always been this way. Like, again, I think, like, Denny is so strategic in the way that he races that when he gets in accidents with folks, especially when he's the one at fault, he plays it off like, oh, maybe I made a mistake or I didn't touch him, whatever. Like, he doesn't own up to it. But he knows what he's doing. I don't think he makes too many mistakes. I think when he sent uh, uh, Chase Elliott into the wall at, at Martinsville, he knew what he was doing. He knew he'd get under the back bumper of the guy, lift up his back tires, and send him so high that he wasn't going to come back down. He knew what he was doing. Uh, he didn't care. That's Dale Earnhardt. That's exactly what Dale Earnhardt would do in that situation. He did it to Terry Labonte twice in a row at Bristol um, and won one of those, and actually Terry won the other one. So, um, yeah, it just, I just I don't think uh, uh, it's something that uh, a lot of fans would admit, and especially since Denny hasn't won championships, I guess. But, like, Denny races very strategically dirty, um, and that's what Dale Earnhardt did. So. Cool. Uh, my question is, I don't think we've ever done this as a threesome, so apologies if we have. Um, y'all get new cars. You get to drive for a team. Um, who are your sponsors that you're bringing with? So name a primary sponsor, someone that's going to, you know, big enough sponsor that's going to sponsor you for most of the races out of the year. And then who are secondary sponsors that maybe race or are on your car a couple races out of the year? Who you got? Beautiful. For me, my primary sponsor, I'd love to bring Miller back into the fold. I think being a hometown Miller guy right here in my backyard, I got some ties to the corporate world with them. Being a beer sponsorship, you can put out some really cool merch. You can sell a lot of merch that way. Would love to have that Miller emblem and script on a car again. New guy, who are you thinking for your primary? My primary sponsor is LaCroix. (laughs) That's a good no one. Doubt. Honestly, Beautiful. Full that's 90s a, actually aesthetic a fantastic on the one. car. I, I, I don't drink see why so they don't LaCroix. sponsor uh, something. You know, I feel yeah. like they would sell a lot more. I feel like Lacroix's biggest thing that's keeping them from selling more is brand recognition. Um, like I don't think a lot of people know what Lacroix is. So, um, cool. Yeah, mine would be Red Bull. So, three drink sponsors. Beautiful. Secondary for me would love to have some type of entertainment company. Don't know what that would be, whether it be a streaming platform, a a music label, movie studio, something like that. That could get me some access to some, you know, back row passes, some access to some artists, actors. That would be fun. Mm. Okay. Secondary would be, um, podcasts. So you could steal uh, Kyle Busch's three. Sort of the concept of Go- podcasts. Google Podcasts. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Like not, I wasn't not even thinking about the fact one. that we're recording one right now. I just what? listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it was meant to be. It'd be it's, comedy, bang bang. Yeah. Give these people a glimpse into your lives. Um, that would be yeah. interesting though, I would, to have a Google Podcasts car or something like that, and then have like a podcast of the week that's on it each week. You know? Yeah. Um, I like that. Nice. Secondary sponsor would be this podcast. Um, at least we could afford it. At, at, we at would we would sponsor like a Daytona or Talladega because it's the big one, you know. Yeah, we oh, have nice. to cause Smart. the big one. <laughs> That's just Whoa, it's, it's, yeah, it's a stipulation. It's marketing. <laughs> so, Ricky, it's called brand recognition. Look it up, Ricky. Can you still use the air to cause the big one and not be in it? <laughs> Do it for the podcast. Product placement at its worst. Yeah. My 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 secondary is the chili crisp. Nice. 
Um, here's my second question. What type of sauce would you put on uh, ravioli filled with bubble gum? So you got ravioli, pasta. You take a bite, and it's, it's double bubble. What kind of sauce are you putting on that ravioli? Ooh, I want something really spicy that's just going to cover it up because I hate chewing gum. Okay. Maybe some spicy Asian yeah. sauce, uh, something like that. Some si- spicy, crispy hmm. Asian Can sauce. I, I would do something like very honey-based, um, like like very a very sweet sauce for sure. Um, like maybe... Maybe like a uh, like a mixed berry. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Where you like uh, cook it down in sugar and then reduction. Pulverize it. Re- uh, sorta. Yeah, it, there's a actual baking term for it, but I can't think of what it is. Creme I don't brulee. Like baking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, I would put that over it. I feel like yeah, going. A lot of people don't do um, sweet sauces over ravioli, but they're actually really delicious. Um, I would do that and just make it more of a candy because I can't reconcile the idea of putting bubble gum in a in a, 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 like an entree. Um, you you broken my brain in that. Regard. Baby G's reaction to it was really funny. For everyone watching, uh, his his reaction to the idea was very funny. I would put a um, just a good old classic marinara on there. You know, traditions exist for a reason. Uh, All, right. All right, give me that next that was one. Such very a nice, dumb one. As a driver, so we've had a couple races go to the Monday where the driver's got to stay at the track on Sunday night. If you're driving in a race, what are you doing Sunday night? Oh, no, this at was the my track? other question. If this you was... know you've got a race the next oh, day, it's God. a good question. So it's let's let's get into it. It is, yeah. Oh, uh, jeez. I liked they were talking about during the rain delay that uh uh Cindric brought his Wii. That I, that's the kind of thing that I would do. I'd either have like my SNES or N64 hooked up in the trailer and just be like, whatever drivers want to come over, we're vegging here. Like I prefer people to come to me. So it would probably be something like that. But then again, hearing about these like uh, pickleball uh, uh, games that got to be played at whatever track that was that had the pickleball court, um, that would I would 100% be engaged in that. I love pickleball right now. So I think yard games would be pretty good for me. I've been into this yard game called Kube. Some people might know it as Viking Chess. Lately, it's pretty great. Explain uh, it to the fans. Very, we don't know what it's that very is. good. Um, yeah, well, we talked we'll, about it on the podcast we'll before. I believe it was the week that B Boy couldn't make it. There yeah, you, you throw sticks at blocks. It's pretty good. Um, I would be doing that mostly. Yeah, not sleeping, sort of panicking. Um, the good thing is you don't. Be you, can just, you can sleep in, basically. So, I'd sneak out onto the track, drive my car around, maybe take a bike out there, lay down some resin in a certain specific area so you can get yeah. some special grip. I like it. What uh-huh. I'm doing is I'm, I'm hosting either a poker game, a card game, and I'm having a cooler full of beers, but I'm also having a side cooler where I've got non-alcoholic beers that I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm sliding them in a koozie. But I'm getting a whole bunch of other drivers nice and drunk yeah. on a Sunday night, so they are hungover on Monday. Poison the I'm drinking those Coors NAs. I'm drinking some Lagunitas Hop Waters or something. I'm fresh as a daisy in the morning, and, man, these other guys are coming out. They're looking rough playing yeah. that strategy game. I like I dig it. That. I like it. 
I feel like you gotta play more drinking games though, not just poker. Because like I, th- I feel like people nurse their drinks when they play poker. Oh, we'll we'll have the ladies pouring cocktails, and they're oh, gonna okay. be putting a squeeze on these guys hard. Okay. Well, geez, a lot of them have husbands or wives. So, um, but all right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm thinking beer darts will be a lot of fun too. Um, maybe hit some guys like Joey Logano in the leg a couple times. Um, Hell yeah. Stuff uh cool uh well that was that was honestly that was my second question i literally had it written down um so i don't have a second question now wow brian yeah. didn't bring a second question i got rocked so prepared got rocked that was the one i had been holding on to that for a couple weeks since the pickleball thing um and so i had been kind of holding on to that one and then i got reminded of it again with the uh the Cindric talking about his we so what would be uh, okay I can morph this question a little bit. Rain delay. They have to, you have to tell a funny anecdote or a story of something that happened to you at the track. What would be your story? Would it be something like gross? Would it be something like family? Uh, just something that you, uh, uh, you're just so focused on the racing. You want everyone to know how intense and, and, and serious you take everything. What would be your answer? Of a story I tell. Yeah, you have to you have to add to the entertainment value of a rain delay. They come to interview you. What are you going to talk about? You don't know your talk show uh, topics. I don't have a uh, I don't have an anecdote stored up. This is uh, something I should definitely do. Yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have an anecdote you gotta have a in good the chamber ready. You might walk by a talk show host one day, and they might be like, "Come on the show tonight." And you might be like, "No, I can't because I don't have an anecdote ready." I would try to tell Norm McDonald's moth joke and then just mess it up. <laughs> That's okay. a good one. That's I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, baby G. I got a new Norm McDonald shirt that I'm very excited about. I placed seventh at nationals in a in accounting competition once, so that was pretty cool. I could probably nice. milk that for like a good thirty seconds, yeah. and they'll be like, "All right, where's the next driver?" I will not say, a big uh, media guy, not a big uh, public speaker, so I'd be telling something real nerdy to keep it moving. Hell yeah. I saw that on the they did the ESPN the Ocho thing this past weekend. Uh, I saw there was an Excel championship, and I thought of you, Baby G. I thought you would be uh, you'd be pretty good. at I that. would be terrible, but my staff would be incredible. Oh, okay, there you go. You you could you could be the coach or the trainer. Exactly, exactly. Uh, These guys nice. blow me out of the water. Yeah. I would uh, I would know close up magic, is would be mine for sure. If I was a NASCAR driver, I would also know close up magic because nobody is doing it right now. And I think it would be a lot of fun. It's the one thing NASCAR is missing. It really is. They do that zoom in where they like show right through the window net that you're there. And then like a thing of flowers like bursts in front of the frame. Oh, yeah. Be beautiful. They call you down like you just won the stage. They call you from the booth and you tell them to turn on the in-car camera and you say, hey, Mike, I've got a question. Is this your card? (laughs) Oh, shit. I got him, and then I go, Damn. I throw it out the window, and I go, Mike, check your pocket. There <laughs> it is. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this is a good idea. Okay, cool. Thanks. I, I, I recovered. All right, well, that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire. <laughs> and right into Baby G, sing it for us. New guy, read those standings for us. Wonder... Well, Martin Trex Jr. is in a commanding lead, 57 points ahead of Denny the Hambone Hamlin in second, followed by William Byron, Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick in fifth, 
Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Brad Keselowski in eighth, followed by Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney rounding out the top ten. Then we've got Chris Buescher, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, Pretty Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 15th, and Ty Gibbs in 16th. Uh, things well that I didn't think I would see this season, this late into the season, Brad Keselowski higher in points than Kyle Busch. Um, pretty, uh, and Joey Logano, let's be serious about that too. Um, pretty, pretty significant, pretty significant there. Um, Bubba, plus 58 to the point line, feels pretty good. Just don't fuck it up these next two races. Get into uh, uh, Daytona with the plus 50 point lead and you'll be fine. Um, barring barring a couple new winners, I think you'll be okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's about all I got. Um, Michael McDowell, man, they just they're gonna have to have really good road courses here. Um, but he could also win Daytona like he did a couple years ago. So we'll see. Thirteen winners, three races to go. This bubble watch is shrinking by the week, it seems right now. So these bubble guys have got to be getting real nervous. There's some guys like you said, Bubba, well above that cut line, but one or two more winners and suddenly there is no cut line so we'll see how it goes this is going to be some intense racing the next couple of weeks yeah uh i, I think oh yeah we have 12 winners um so four four spots kevin harvick is basically kevin harvick is locked into point in on points now i think given oh my bad shane svg has the one win so that doesn't count yeah yeah, yeah exactly um plus 180 plus 168 yeah i think brad and I mean, Brad's only not safe. I guess Brad and Kevin are only not safe if three new winners come in, and then it becomes like which one of them ends up higher in points, and there's 12 points separating them. But, yeah, as long as we don't get three different winners in three weeks, which is probably not going to happen, those two are locked in, I would say. Cool. Well, that's been the Big One Podcast. None of us picked Chase Elliott to win a race uh, this weekend. So you know what's going to happen. He's going to win. He just doesn't have it, man. He does not have it. He's a fraud. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And on that great note, uh, we're definitely getting (laughs) listeners on that one. We've been the Big One Podcast. uh, Follow us on on Twitter at PodcastBigOne or email us at PodcastBigOne at gmail.com. New guy gets lonely on flights, so send him lots of emails. Um, Please. And uh, I've been B-Boy. I've been New Guy. I've been Baby G. Thanks. Thanks. See ya. I miss you.